Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. This is Dan Cassetta. As I record this message, we are once again mourning the tragic loss of 21 lives in an elementary school shooting, two teachers and 19 children. As the creator and host of this podcast, I felt compelled to use this platform to share some brief thoughts. Please note that everything I'll say are my own views and do not necessarily represent the viewpoints or values of any other leaders in the Cutco Vector community or the company itself. I should also add that I'm not either right or left of the political center in any way that anyone could measure. I'm part of the radical middle in that I don't believe in an ideological checklist. I simply believe in what's right. And that means constantly evolving and looking for truth. Everyone listening to this would most certainly agree that what happened this week in Uvalde, Texas is horrific and should not be happening anywhere. At times like this, though, it's becoming increasingly easier to just get numb to these senseless murders, to just let it pass like so many other things that just happen in our society. I urge you not to ever let yourself become numbed to these things, and I urge all sensible people to remain steadfast in demanding that we do something anything that can at least start to move the needle in the right direction here. Start by recognizing that the scourge of gun violence in our country is truly a uniquely American problem. I reject the principle that possession of firearms is important to protect ourselves from the tyranny of the government whose military already possesses the most technologically advanced weaponry ever invented, far greater than anything any citizen can hold in their hands. I reject the notion that our system of relatively unregulated gun ownership and the illusion of liberty and safety that it creates is worth the obvious cost to society. And I reject the absolutely asinine idea that this is an issue of the user's not the tools. It's obviously an issue of the users and the tools that certain users subsequently have at their convenient disposal. I could sit here today and talk about the direct correlation between the number of guns in our country and the number of mass shootings that occur. I could point out that we have made available to the general public Weapons that are capable of shooting 500 people from a 30th floor window about 2,000 feet away in under 90 seconds. I could sit here today and talk about the ease of access to this massive inventory of tools designed not for hunting or protection, but for killing. I could sit here today and talk about the percentage of homicides in our country that happen with a gun, 79%, 
and how that more than doubles any other civilized country where availability and access is regulated. But I'm not going to talk about any of those things today because too many people already have their ears plugged. What I want to say today is this. It is a uniquely American problem that we are discussing here. This stuff simply does not happen in any other civilized nation on the earth. And so I simply ask you to ponder this question. Do you think that this should be allowed to continue happening in our country? If your answer is, of course no, we have to stop this, then what are we going to do about it? And don't come at me with the, we need more guns, we need to arm the teachers. Give me a fucking break. Is that the best you can do? Is your brain so small that this is the smartest answer you can come up with? Look, the American gun culture is a part of the fiber of our nation. It's important to our liberty-loving society. It's critical for our own sense of personal empowerment. I don't want to take that away. But our gun culture in its current state in 2022 is not worth the cost to society. If we don't work together to come up with some better solutions, my child could be next or your child could be next. My message today is to choose solutions over stubbornness. Today's flashback is to episode number 152, recorded at the time of the 2020 U.S. presidential election. This contains three simple concepts to open minds and hearts with the objective of having civil discourse and pursuing truth. I hope this message can reach your soul and I hope that we can finally begin to solve this truly American problem. I am more of a political centrist in that I don't subscribe to some ideological checklist from either party. If you think about all the major issues that there are, you know, we've got taxes and the economy, we've got healthcare, what to do about COVID, there's abortion rights, there's climate change and what to do about that racial inequality, immigration, criminal justice reform, gun control, foreign relations, trade. I mean, there's so many different issues. It's almost impossible to agree with someone across the board. I mean, in what universe is there some clear dichotomy that says you either have to agree with all of this or all of that, but there can't be any crossover whatsoever? You know, I know someone who has supported gay marriage right from the very start, but who feels like allowing a transgender male to compete in women's sports is not appropriate. That's fine. Many people that I know support the Second Amendment, but object to someone being able to purchase, for example, a 100-round ammunition clip that's meant for the battlefield. That sounds pretty reasonable. I mean, we don't allow people to make their own nuclear bombs. There are degrees uh, to all of these positions, all these issues. You can support the quest for racial equality, but feel like looting and damaging property is not the way to get it. You can acknowledge human-driven climate change, but have differing views on how to solve that problem. Some people might think it's an existential threat that necessitates wholesale changes to how we operate, while other people might think that technological advances are going to help us solve that problem as it grows and as it continues. 
what I really want to say in this episode is that you can disagree with others and still coexist. I have told people before that I call myself a republicrat, or maybe you might call it a democlican. I don't know, whatever, some mashup of the two. But I'm definitely, most of all, an American. And I will say this, that being American is way more important than being Republican or Democrat. And being human is way more important than that. Let's stop with the polarization, right? And be someone who thinks for yourself. Look at issues, not at just parties, right? Vote based on your values, not some straight line down the ideological checklist that some political leaders think you have to follow. We have all been utterly damaged by the constant bickering that has been going on between the parties. It's hurting me. It's hurting you. It's hurting everyone. There are a few paradigms that I think are really important so that we can all get along and have a more functional society. And I've got three short ideas I want to share here in this uh, podcast episode today. First is this, embrace the notion that diversity of thought is usually good. Embrace the notion that diversity of thought is usually good. I mean, who are you to know you're right about everything? And that every single belief you have is correct and true and will always remain that way. The arrogance with which some people communicate, especially on social media, is appalling. And here's a reality to understand. Your beliefs are a reflection of your environment. Your beliefs are a reflection of your environment. This starts with your upbringing. It continues with your social circle with what you watch or read, and everyone with the algorithm of social media, right, that affects what you consume in that place. And so it's very important to make a deliberate effort to avoid living in an echo chamber. And first of all, stop reading and listening to garbage. There's so much garbage influence out there that is just not worth anyone's time. And as we all stop consuming that kind of stuff and spreading that kind of stuff, it will hopefully begin to subside. It's also very important to seek out points of view, deliberately seek out points of view that differ from yours so that you can get an alternate perspective. I love something that my friend Andrew Smallwood shared recently, which the idea was that disagreement which is often highlighted for its negative impact, can actually be a powerful tool in producing accurate judgments. It helps temper a little bit of the biases that we have, and it helps move us more in the direction towards truth when there is some level of disagreement, other people being able to provide a perspective. So seek that out. I talked a little bit about some of this kind of stuff with Andrew Smallwood on a recent podcast episode. You got to check out the podcast episode with Andrew Smallwood. Most people are living in the echo chamber of their choice, right? A lot of the people that you hang out with, a lot of the media that you consume, a lot of the inputs going into your brain are all completely one-sided. The right says this and the left says that and all the robots just kind of listen and nod and do what they're supposed to do. Well, you've got people on the right who will defend even the most egregious things 
that Trump has said and done. Like, it just doesn't matter. You got people on the left who are finding ways to justify mayhem and theft as means for social change. These people are caught in an echo chamber of belief. And how you interpret what you see and hear is entirely filtered through this bubble. So important to realize that and take in that concept and, and let that help you understand that all of your thoughts, all of your beliefs may not be accurate right now, may not be correct. They may evolve. You know, there's a lot of criticism over how some historical figures behaved 200 years ago. You know what? If you grew up in that, at that same time, in those same circumstances, you would probably have developed a similar mindset to most of the you know, people of the past as well. But what's key is to remember this, is you're not fixed in your mindset. You are not fixed in your mindset. Now, this requires that you be open to opposing points of view because that's the only way to evolve. The only way that people's beliefs of 200 years ago have evolved to what they might be today is because someone along the lines was open to an opposing point of view, listened to it, heard it, pondered it, considered it, and gradually evolved in that direction. So it's very important first to embrace the notion that diversity of thought is usually a good thing. Once you embrace this concept, the second thing to do is to work on your listening skills. I love the lesson that comes from Stephen Covey way back in the seven habits of highly effective people where he teaches that you must listen with the intent to understand not the intent to respond that's a key concept that everybody must embrace so many people when they're hearing a, an idea or they're hearing an argument or whatever it might be they're already thinking about their rebuttal rather than truly taking the opportunity to listen to another perspective and try to use that as a chance for growth, as a chance for evolution. Another phrase that I've heard recently is be curious before critical. When you get curious, you can begin to understand why people think a certain way. And you can learn to be more accepting of how someone is thinking. And shoot, you might even evolve over to a different point of view. Another part of listening is ask what other people think instead of assuming you know. Learn to be a good question asker. I've often had others assume something about me without ever asking to clarify. So, for example, one thing that I hate is misinformation being spread. I can't stand it. When somebody posts you know, something on Facebook or wherever that is totally false, I will call it out regardless of what side of an issue it is on. And I've called out a fake meme uh, about Trump, for example, and then I've been called a libtard. I've called out a false meme about Joe Biden and have somebody like rail on me because you're on the Trump train. What I'm really against you guys is bullshit. And so what I'm for is truth. And we only get to that, we only find that out by hearing both sides of any story. Many years ago, I was privy to a conversation with some really wise people, and the question was posed, what's the most valuable lesson you've ever learned in your life? And I remember one thing that one person said, and it was, there's two sides to every story. 
And it's, it's so important to make sure that in life we uncover that other side. We try to truly understand that other side before we formulate our own points of view. So keep that in mind. Work on your listening skills for crying out loud. All right. So diversity of thought, listening skills. My last suggestion for today is to learn how to debate ideas. Learn how to debate ideas. It's okay to attack an idea, but it's not usually a good idea to attack the other person. Have you ever thought about it this way? Asking a question like that might actually get someone, not everyone, but someone to take a look at the other side, right? You're a bleeping idiot is another approach. And I'll tell you what, I've got news for you. That's going to work about never. So think about how you are tackling a disagreement in your social circles. You know, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was known for a quote or a phrase, which is, Fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. Fight for the things you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. Right? What good does it do to put out messages that insult your opposition? Right? You're actually pushing people farther away when you do that stuff. You're making them hold on stronger to their position because now you're not only involving truth and facts and concepts, ideas, but you're involving ego. You're attacking their ego and they don't want to let you win. And people will hold on stubbornly to something that they feel just because they don't want to let you win. So it's very important to have a better understanding of how to tackle disagreement, how to tackle any sort of debate that you have with someone, you know, saying, Hey, I'm not sure that's correct. Not sure that's correct. That's not overly arrogant, right? It's, it's, it's raising the doubt, it's raising the question. You know, I grapple with how I feel about that. And that's something I've said a few times when somebody asks me about a really controversial issue where I don't really know where I stand yet. I'm trying to evolve, but I'm not exactly sure. You know, I grapple with that. And that can open up dialogue. That can open up conversation. And here's another key to healthy debate. Be more interested in getting to the truth than in simply being right. Because ultimately, science, for example, is a quest for truth. Science is not a quest about who's right, which scientist is right, right? Scientists, true scientists don't care who's right. They want to figure out what's right. They want to get to the truth. Think about that list of all the issues that I rattled off earlier. Taxes, the economy, healthcare, COVID, abortion, climate change, racial inequality, immigration, criminal justice reform, gun control, foreign relations, trade, all that stuff. Is there any area on that list that I just shared with you where your thinking has changed or evolved in the past 10 or 20 or 30 years? Is there any area on that list where you have evolved? If the answer is no, then you're probably fixed in an echo chamber of your own choosing. If the answer is yes, then what's important to realize is that you might still evolve in the next 10 or 20 or 30 years, but only if you stop holding on to being right and you instead pursue what's right, pursue 
truth. So no matter what you believe, I have to live in a world with you and you with me. And we all have to live with our neighbors. They're all on my team. And that's the human team. And I think that above all else should bind us. Being a part of the human team, being Americans, if that's what you are, that's more important than being Republican or being Democrat. So to wrap this up, I just want to reiterate that we should all value diversity of thought or what it can make of us. It is precisely there to help temper our biases and help us evolve in the ways that we need to. It's important to be willing to listen and truly attempt to understand other people. Try to see that other side of the story and debate with civility. Sure, sometimes it might be passionate and sometimes it might even be loud, but it should always be with respect. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. If you click on the deals link on our podcast page, you'll see some tremendous offers from our podcast sponsors. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.